Lee back to Booker. They better hurry for a shot. Give it to Lee. Lee on the drive. Lee's shot is good. Baseline. Had to put it up over Cleveland. Suns lead it by two. Seven seconds remain. Dantich with the basketball for Dallas. Lee defending. Dantich a long three. Won't go. Rebound. And the game is over. And the Suns have won it. Oh, brothers. The Suns have won it. A young young guy named Damian Lee with some huge hoops. The Suns win it. They beat Dallas 107 to 105. Oh, brothers. How's that for an intro? We'll get more into that game just here in a second. But Suns win their first game, the opening night at home. Uh, It started where it all began at Phoenix, or started where it all ended, excuse me, at Phoenix against the same team. Um, Well, not the same team. Both teams are actually quite different. Um, But anyway, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you have decided to make uh, Big Sky Sports Talk, a part of your day my family and i greatly appreciate it you have found the only podcast in the world that is completely devoted to covering all four major franchises in one major market phoenix arizona including what you just heard the phoenix suns all in one place we also cover asu football asu basketball usl uh, championship soccer with the phoenix rising the WNBA with the phoenix mercury all under one podcast that's right uh, all under one podcast and the only podcast in America to cover all four major sports and those sports uh, from Billings, Montana, available on your phone every day. Um, I think that's it. That's all I got uh, kind of flamed out there at the end. But how about that? And we'll, we'll play that again when we get to uh, uh, the Suns. Um, but... Uh, my goodness, what a game. What a game it was. What a game. I hope your day was good. Um, this uh, It's Thursday, um, so uh, I it's game day for the um, Cardinals, and we'll get in the Cardinals. We'll go do Cardinals first, and then we'll do the uh, Suns. And um, starting a little bit late um, than I normally do, uh, I had to watch the Suns game first. Uh, and uh, uh, not just the highlights. I watched the whole game. I skipped past commercials, had it on the DVR, was ready to go, and uh, excited, and it was a game in which the Suns uh, really didn't lead until the end. Mavericks had won uh, just about every quarter except for the third. Um, But uh, anyway, again, I'm trying not to jump the gun on it, but uh, uh, it was um, a exciting finish. Um, so uh, there's there's that. Um, but uh, one more day, and uh, and it is uh, um, Friday. So um, yeah, there's that uh, exciting stuff. Uh, I think this weekend I'm planning on going to. Um, going to uh, Cut Bank this weekend, visit my last campus for uh, uh, 
um, uh, last campus for Canvas. I always seem to mix those up there. But anyway, um, uh, up next, and we're just going ahead and get right into it. I, I think I'm done uh, uh, blabbing. Uh, go ahead and get into it um, with the Cardinals first. Kind of do a little uh, pregame uh, show. And then we'll uh, jump into the Suns that uh, played uh, yesterday um, night. Um, so, anyway, that's all up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. All right, I'm back. Uh, with some Cardinals and uh, Cliff Kingsbury spoke uh, for the last time before uh, today's uh, game and uh, um, spoke uh, yesterday as a matter of fact um, so got some Cliff um, got some uh, uh, Robbie Anderson and JJ uh, Watt in that order uh, Anderson and Watt from uh, after practice at their locker and then uh, coach at uh, at the podium. So we'll go ahead and uh, get right into it as we uh, preview this uh, um, Thursday night matchup uh, tonight against the uh, Saints. And so we'll get it kicked off with the head coach. And, and, and getting a, a practice with Robbie Anderson, do you feel like he's comfortable and whatever it is you might be trying to do with him on Thursday night? Um, we're going to, if we get him in, we'll, we'll limit it, make sure he's confident. We want him to be able to play full speed and have a, um, confidence out there if he's playing against a really good defense. So still working through that and see how he, uh, how he feels tomorrow. Do you think if, if he can't do a whole bunch, does that mean maybe more role for Greg Dorch? Uh, yeah, I think he's a guy who we, we can count on uh, if we need to and obviously have A.J. still. How do you make that decision, Cliff? Do you kind of run through the playbook with Robbie and kind of quiz him and stuff like that? Yeah, just try to limit the package and then just want to make sure, like I said, I don't want his first experience to go out there against a really good defense and not feel confident and, um, you know, not play up to what he's capable of. So if we do it, it'll be very limited and uh, make sure that, that he knows it. Um, and so we'll see how it goes over the next 24 hours. Even though it would be, um, you know, he uh, a wide receiver that has been pretty inconsistent i'd be surprised to see if you know how much they do play robbie anderson um i you know i wonder if it would be like a um a a couple of years ago on halloween as a matter of fact um a um Kenyon drake kind of effect where they kind of traded for Kenyon drake um had him out there um kind of uh on a limited base basis uh certain packages if you will um really kind of getting his clarification of all right what do i do with this play um from uh from the quarterback from uh um kyler murray and i mean i guess running the ball is a lot different than playing wide receiver i mean you'd basically say all right well um you're just going to run it up the middle or I'm going to, you know, whatever, hand it off or whatever you, whatever you just, some of the stuff that he really nailed in, in, 
and um, walkthroughs, but your head is spinning. So, you know, um, I get, I don't know. I don't know how, how it would work, but I'm, I wonder if it would have that same effect because, um, well, that, that first game by Kenyon Drake was absolutely phenomenal. Um, not expecting the same thing from Robbie Anderson, but that would be pretty nice. Where, where do you see Hobbs kind of impacting this offense? Um, you know, when he's out there, like I said, along, he, he puts a pep in everybody's step with, with just his energy. And, um, you know, he's always talking, very competitive. So I think it starts there. And, and there's just been a level of confidence that I think players and coaches feel when he's out there that he's a guy that at any moment you get it close to him, he can make a play. And, and uh, so we'll see what he can do. He hadn't put on pads or lined up against the DB in probably close to, a, what, a year? You know, um, so we can't expect him to be the savior, but just uh, the intensity, energy he brings has, has been good for the team. Cordell told us he doesn't talk about trash. Is that, does he talk about trash out there? Um, I mean, he, he lets you know how he feels, <laughs> but it's usually I mean, you got to come at him first, and then it doesn't stop. How much do you hope with, with DeAndre, but especially on those in red zone third downs where you don't have to catch ten balls to really to really have an impact on those? particular situations where the team is struggling. Yeah, no doubt. We, we, we need somebody that can come in and, like I said, be that security Lincoln in those um, situations and make a play third and four, third and five, and then in the red zone, help us put the ball in the end zone. And he's been that when he's played for us. So hopefully, like I said, he, he hadn't played in a long time, but hopefully he can he can provide some sort of spark in, in those areas. How hard do you go from training on your own to playing a full NFL game? I, I would think hard, but with him, I mean, there's no talent. I mean, he's a unique athlete. Um, one of the most special competitors I've been around. So I know he, he's excited. Um, he, he's looked sharp and, and uh, understanding the offense. And we're going to try to utilize him as best we can and also be smart about it. What was your, uh, your time, however long it was, with the Saints? What was that like for you? Uh, it was great. Um, incredible city. Loved it down there. We had Jim Hazlitt as our coach, Deuce McAllister, Aaron Brooks. Um, so Joe Horn. He was, he, yeah. Um, so it was good. It was a, it was a fun time. How's uh, James Conner doing? Do you expect him to play? Uh, he'll be game time. Yeah, we'll see how he feels tomorrow pregame and, and go from there. What happened with Robbie Carolina on the side? Is that something you sort of have to address or bring up with him? Uh, yeah, we we talked through it, but I mean that's obviously a conversation we'll we'll keep between ourselves. But like I m mentioned before, having Sean Jefferson here who. Uh, had great success with Robbie, and they have a lot of trust in their relationship there in New York when he was with the Jets. Um, we feel very good about the type of player and person that he is. What are the chances that Cody plays? Uh, same as James. We're going to get him out there pregame, hopefully, and um, see what he can do. Have you noticed a different move from the guys like, trying to get this offense right? I know it's a short week, you can't do much, but anything different than last week as far as getting this offense going? Uh, Number 10's out there, I think, you know, that's a good starting point. Like I said, I think everybody um, picks up their level whenever he's around, knowing the expectation that he has for himself and um, what he feels like we should be doing offensively. So uh, that that was good. You mentioned Cody getting him out there before game. Before that, he has to make a decision to actually activate him. So that looks like that could happen. Yeah, we're still talking through that, and that, that's the thing, to be able to Warm him up. Obviously, we got to activate him. Um, so we'll talk to the roster here before one and, and go from there. Do you have a feel on Rodney? Um, it doesn't look like he'll go this week. Yeah. Uh, Matt Prater. 
Uh, he'll be game time, same as, as James. Uh, we'll see how he feels kicking. He's made great progress, but I, I don't know if he'll be ready or not. If as frustrating as this start may have been for you, the fact that you're just one game behind in the standings, do you bring that up to the team at all? They know. I mean, it's it's a lot of parity in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams and preseason favorites that are 2-4 and four right now or 3-3, three and three. and so it's just about finding our rhythm, and um, we got to do it soon. You said you're going to be smart with DeAndre. Do you expect him to be in any type of snap count at all? Uh, we talked about it, and he just rolled his eyes at me, so <laughs> we'll see how he feels. Cliff, you guys lead the league in the number of games that a receiver has had 10 or more targets in that game. Is, is that a function of you writing the hot hand as a play caller, maybe Kyler feeling comfortability in, in those games? Kind of how would you explain that? Yeah, I think more than anything, I mean, we've been behind in a lot of these games and had to throw it a bunch, and, and that probably the number of plays we've had is way up there compared to other teams and probably past plays as well um, as compared to what we really want to be doing. On Monday, you said that you would be open to giving up the play calling. Two-part question. One, is that a realistic option or possibility at this point? And B, would that be your choice or would that be something else? Um, I mean, we have not had that conversation with upper management, if you will. But like I said, if there is a better way to do it, I'm always open to it. And, and after six games, um, we have not played good enough, and I understand that, and everybody else does. So um, everything's on the table. I've never not done it, so it would be a unique experience. I'd have to get my cheerleading shoes back on and start doing a bunch of that, but um, whatever it takes to win games. The answer you just told me about the, the past plays and all that, you said it's not what you guys want to do. Is that you need more balance? Is that what you're Yeah, we, we just can't play from behind. I mean, that's we, we've been having a chase every single week, really, um, to try and catch up. and. Haven't been able to dictate things on our terms. We want to have a good balance um, where we can be in attack mode and, and not be one-dimensional, and that hasn't been the case so far. You know that the defense has to kind of show their hand a little earlier because of where he is on the field. Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, there will be a lot of rolled coverage, and, and that helps the quarterback kind of uh, pre-snap um, eliminate some things, which, which has helped. Any update on Hollywood's second opinion? Um, yeah, it, it looks like it'll be indefinite. I mean, I think at least a month, I would say, and then we'll, we'll evaluate it and go from there. Um, I don't know the exact term, but after the second opinion, so you'd have to check with him. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 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 a lot of everything. When when you have six games like that where you really haven't hit your stride, I, I think Everett has to be an open and honest what you can do better and how we can can get better. And I've always taken a lot of pride in maximizing the personnel and allowing guys on your team, whoever they are, to to do what they're best at. And we haven't found that that rhythm yet. And so whatever it takes, I'm open to it. And I think all the guys are too. If we have to run it a hundred times, we want to run it. We just want to win games. I was gonna say something after he, you know, said what he said um, the uh, earlier about it, and you know, watching his face, and you know, the how definitive he is about that. You know, it really does sound like he is willing to do anything to get a win, even if that is re relinquishing some play calling duties or partial or full or whatever 
Um, you know, even though Kyler kind of scoffed at it, um, and probably was more so just sticking up for his his coach and saying, "Hey, it's not just him; it's 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 everybody. We we got to execute what's called." And yes, you have to execute what's called. But um, as I said before, clearly Cliff has not uh, done a good job. He's not doing a good job. He's not getting it done. Um, and uh, I, I'm still very very interested to see if if they make a make a change. Not this game. It won't be this game. I can almost guarantee it won't be this game. Um, but I wonder if they will at all. And I'm very, you know, second time it's been brought up. Second time he said, yeah, I I mean, whatever. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, I'm, I, I want to win. Um, and I'm willing to try anything. I, I'm just, I'm very interested to see, you know, what they decide to do. I really, really am. Um, so, you know. Uh, I guess ready or not, here it comes. Offensive injuries, it almost seems like when it rains, it pours of offensive line of Ronnie and Justin and all the running backs in that game and your wide receivers with Tweezy and Hollywood. I mean, how how is this team as a whole, I guess the offense specifically, handling adversity overall? Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, we're, we're definitely um, dealing with some right now, just our, our level of play and some of those injuries. But... Um, that just you know makes you stronger if you approach it the right way. And getting a big time player like Hop back, we, we've got to be able to utilize him in different ways. And, and other guys have to step up. Any commonality in this home losing streak that you've been able to? I have not. No. I mean, it's it's uh, unfortunate, you know, for the fans. I hate it, and uh, we're trying to trying to get it right. Uh, we. A lot of mention of uh, Robbie Anderson. So here's Robbie Anderson at his locker. Feels great. I'm excited. You know, excited, hoping to play tomorrow, and I'm thankful to be here. Beyond thankful. And he doesn't want to overload you mentally. Is that kind of where you are? You'd rather have a more limited role so that you can be comfortable with what you do? It's a quick week, you know, and I want to be able to master my craft, but you know, it's like, it's not a normal week, so I'm trying to just pick up everything that they kind of like, you know, selected for me to learn and master that as I can. It's been to reunite with Sean Jefferson. Now, I'm excited about that. You know, Sean J really, my last year in New York, he really showed me how to really grind to a new level, and I took that to Carolina, and. You know, that's what helped help me develop my work ethic to the prestige that I feel like it, at. it is now and going to continue to do so. Uh, it's, it's a, it looks like a, like a fun offense, you know, and creative for people to do what they're best at. So, you know, I'm just excited to just contribute and do what I'm best at and, you know, help us, you know, get to what the goal is. What do you think about playing with Kyler? I'm excited about that, man. Kyler's... You know, he's the real deal, you know, so I'm extremely excited about playing with him at quarter, as my quarterback. I'm sure you feel the same about D-Hop. You probably watched him yeah. when he was with Houston. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's a lot of things I'm going to learn with D-Hop and, you know, excited to contribute with him. What's that like, kind of getting your close look as, at this team as an opponent and then a couple weeks later you're part of it? <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like not as unfamiliar because I just played everybody in a sense, so... You know, and I've been out here a couple of times, so it wasn't like just that foreign to me. It's realistic for tomorrow night, considering it's a short week and you just got here. I mean, what sort of role could you have realistically? Um, you know, whatever they put on my plate, 
you know, I'm going to get my all at it. This offense is looking for the big play, especially the big. That's your specialty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, just make the most of what I can and, and you know, do what I do best. like you needed a little bit of a fresh start at this point? Um, you know, I, I, I feel like that's what was destined for me, you know, and there's no mistake that I'm here. What didn't happen in Carolina that you hope happens here? Uh, we didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, you know, that's that's what I played this game for, to win the Super Bowl. What are you hoping to prove here? Um, you know, just prove to myself what I know I'm capable of and, you know, to my family and my teammates, you know, just, you know, achieve my goals. What would be the ideal role for you in, in your mind? Uh, you know, just doing, doing what, you know, I would say my ideal role would just be, you know, doing my best at what opportunities and making the most of my opportunities. You know, whether that be, you know, three plays, eight games, eight plays, 15, just making the most of my opportunities. I love that answer. He said, we didn't win the Super Bowl in Carolina, so I want to win one here. They didn't win a whole lot of games in Carolina since he, when he was there. So, um, you know, I, I, Cardinals haven't won a whole lot of games up to this point, but they won more games in, um, than Carolina has, although they Carolina has had their numbers. So uh, there, there's that too. But <laughs> I thought that was – uh, clever. A lot of cliche answers for uh, Robbie Anderson. Obviously, you know, you, you kind of hear it that his head is swimming. He's given the cliche answer. Hey, I'm going to do the best I can with what they give me. I hope that uh, to play the best I can in my role. Da da da. da. Uh, very, very cliche. But, uh, I mean, what else can you expect from, uh, from him, um, you know, in the, such a short time? And, you know, I mean, from him answer he's still getting even know the media so he, he uh, there's just that that all that together but uh jj also spoke um and uh we'll go ahead and roll right into that jj i got in late but they've run for like over 200 yards each the last couple of games i mean how, how would you describe the run game and what sort of challenge is that yeah they've done a good job um they've done a good job with it so obviously as a defensive line as a defense as a whole um it's a point of emphasis for us and we gotta stop it what do you like about this defense since basically halftime of the Raiders game? What what changed? What has this defense been doing better? Uh, we've been playing good football. Um, we've been doing we've been doing a good job of um, just trying to put ourselves in situations for success. I think our DBs have done a great job of taking away number one receivers. Um, I think that uh, the D line's done a good job against the run. Uh, last week we had a couple big ones that we'd like um, quarterback scramble that we'd like back, but for the most part we've done a good job. Um, but I think that we can always do more, and I think that. Uh, in this league, I control what you can control. And I think that as a defense, we've got to find a way to, to keep them to even less points. I mean, I think we've held, you know, 21 points or less for a few weeks now, and we've got to try and do a, a better job of keeping it even lower. There's a fine line between with young players like a MyJ or a Cam Thomas where they need to get reps to get better, but they also need to know what they're doing out there to help you. How do you balance that fine line as a, a young player trying to figure that out? Yeah, I mean, I think you saw it last week a little bit, um, a good good example of it. I mean, they, they each had a handful of plays at most, um, but they made the most out of those plays. So I think that getting those guys the opportunities in situations where we know they're comfortable, where they know they're comfortable, and letting them do what they do uh, is great. And then not putting them in situations where they're not ready to handle it 
um, is important. Uh, I think that as they go on, as the year goes on, the more practice reps they get, the more game reps they get, the more comfortable they get overall, and they'll be able to handle more on their plate. How exciting is it to see DeAndre Hopkins go back to work? It's great. It's great. I mean, the guy's a great player. He's got the best hands in the game, and uh, we're very happy to have him back out there. If guys have heavy legs on Thursday night, what about D-Hop with the ultimate fresh legs? What sort of difference could that be? Well, then I hope he goes for 405 touchdowns. That'd be great. Yeah, I was a mountain lion up on. I was walking my dogs up on Camelback. No, I just uh, it was a. Uh, I just got a hand through my face mask. That's all. Sadly, you should see the other guy though. You should see the other guy. Is is the defense trying to figure out what's going to happen that particular play versus you know the the physical talent that he brings to the table? Uh, it's a combination of both. I mean, there's no doubt about his physical talent. He can do a lot of different things. And he can do them very well. Um, they also obviously are, are using him in multitude of different ways to try and keep people off balance, try and keep you guessing, try and let you not know what's going on. Um, I think that for us, it's just extremely important to play our game and make sure that we do what we're supposed to do and, and we execute our assignments and we tackle well and let everything else handle itself. Vance says it adds an extra layer when he can actually throw the ball as opposed to a straight wildcat. Is that, is that just one of those extra things you have to worry about, right? Yes, yes, yes. Throwing, throwing in addition to running is, is an extra element. And, I mean, he, that's, that's what he brings to the table for them. I mean, there's, they, they have him in, you know, 100 different packages. He's out there with another quarterback. He's out there without another quarterback. He's out there with multiple other tight ends. He's out there without, you know, there, there's, and when they can do that, there's, it creates a lot of different things that you can do. Um, but I think as a defense, that's where it's your job to, understand the assignment, simplify everything, and play good football. How encouraging was it for guys like MyJ and Cam to get their first sacks? And do you remember your first sack? How much does that mean to a player? It was great for him. I mean, it was awesome. Um, I mean, every you're always going to remember your first sack. Mine was against the Saints, actually. It was Drew Brees. Um, so I'll always remember that one. And those guys will remember that one for their whole lives. Obviously, you prefer it to come in and win. Um, but once you get that first one, then you just hope they keep rolling and rolling. He's a great football player. He's a great football player. Very fast, good vision, can catch the ball, can run, um, can find the cuts, can find the holes. Um, they, have a good, they have a good duo back there. Melvin's obviously a great running back as well. I mean, they, they got a great, great running back crew. Are you saying Mark, sorry. I got him mixed up. Go ahead. Uh, we just got to go out there and play good football. We just got to do our job. Um, whoever's out there. We got to get to him. That's all. How's it feels great. All right. Um, sorry about that. There, uh, uh, another video that I had up and ready started playing. Um, good to hear from JJ Watt. Uh, as always. Uh, last thing we're going to do, uh, team to team. I did it last week. Uh, going to do it again um, and just kind of close out just kind of this uh, this recap, uh, or not recap, but this um, um, the Suns segment, our Suns. Goodness, I, my mind is on Suns. That was a great game. This Cardinal segment, this uh, pregame. Uh, so we'll go ahead and, and do team to team. It is a week seven edition of Team to Team presented by Microsoft Teams. The 
New Orleans Saints are in town on Thursday and to talk a little Saints football. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com joining us. And John, first off, welcome. It is a quick turnaround here for both teams and both teams with a lot of question marks. Things can change between now and game time, but what do we know whether it's going to be James Winston or Andy Dalton at the quarterback? I mean, at present, if I had to put place a bet on it, I'd say Andy Dalton. Um, James Winston was the emergency third quarterback for Sunday's game against Cincinnati. Um, I think he is still on the mend. Uh, it's a short week, um, basically walkthroughs for practice. So I would imagine it would be Andy Dalton again for his fourth consecutive start. He's played fairly well. He's played fairly turnover-free football, and that's what the Saints have needed from that position. Don't have the wins to show for it. They're only one and two in his three starts. But I, I would I would imagine it would be him. Cardinals have actually played Andy Dalton each in the past three seasons, three different teams, and have beaten them all three times. So we'll see if that means anything at all on Thursday. Other injury news, I know the top three wide receivers have all missed time. Any sense that one or all three might be back this week? I put my money on Chris Olave on that one. He had a concussion uh, against Seattle. He sat out the Cincinnati game. He basically passed all the concussion protocol, but they're waiting for the neurologist to clear him. So it looks like he's going to be the guy on the field. Um, Michael Thomas with that toe, it's still bothersome. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, is an ankle, still bothersome. So I don't expect either one of those guys to be out there. You know, the rookie Alave, the leading receiver for this team so far this season uh, in receptions and yards. So to get one of them back on the field, it didn't matter which, which one of them, just to get one back on the field would be a huge plus. But if it turns out to be him, uh, he's been the most effective of the three so far. He's played the most, so they'd be getting back their best receiver, numbers-wise anyway, uh, for the season. Of course, when you talk about the Saints, their number one playmaker is Taysom Hill. He can throw, he can run, he can catch. What has made him so dangerous this season? The thing is, he's, he's, he's built like a block of granite. I mean, you know, you see him in the secondary. If he can get to the second level, people don't want to tackle him. Uh, he carries it maybe seven, eight times a game. Uh, nine a couple of weeks ago against Seattle was, was high for him, uh, 412 yards and three touchdowns. But if you get him in those situations where it's a one-on-one -on -one situation, because basically it's 11-on-11 11 11 football when he's at quarterback, and that's the thing the Saints like. You have to account for him. You can't play 11-on-10 because the quarterback is a little bit less mobile. So when it's 11-on-11, 11 11, if one guy misses or if he gets past one guy, or if one guy takes a bad assignment, a wrong step, uh, Taysom Hill can take it to the house. He's got that kind of speed. But again, he is a bruising, punishing, physical runner, even though he's lining up at quarterback. He's 230, 235 pounds, about 6'2". And again, when people hit him enough, they don't want any more of him later on as the game goes along. So he is really more effective as the game progresses and you want to finish out the game with hopefully a four-minute offense or something like that, you put him back there. He's tough to get down. Listed as a tight end, but just one catch this season. <laughs> Speaking of catching the football, some perspective from the Saints as they look at the Cardinals with the return of DeAndre Hopkins. After sitting out the first six games of the regular season, he's scheduled to make his debut. What, if anything, does that change as far as how the Saints might attack what the Cardinals do on offense? Well, I mean, he's a difficult matchup. Even though he hadn't played, I mean, everybody knows what DeAndre Hopkins is when he's on the field. And for my money, you know, top two, three receiver in the NFL. So if the Saints don't have Marshawn Lattimore, and it looks like they might not for this Thursday night game, he's their number one quarterback, cornerback. 
Now, what do you do in terms of when you want to play man-to-man in those situations? Because the Saints are an aggressive defense. They like their corners up on you. Who matches up against Hopkins? Maybe they'll play a little bit more zone, maybe be a little bit more safe because he's a guy, even though he hadn't played, he's got the fresh legs. Uh, Everybody who's going to be on that field on Thursday night is probably banged up to a large degree. He won't be. Uh, He'll be fresh. And if you can get him in some situations where he's one-on-one, you know, you can get him in some situations where he's one-on-two. Sometimes you just give him a chance and he's the guy, kind of guy who can come down with the football. You know, if you're going to play a man-to-man, maybe it's Bradley Roby. Uh, maybe it's a Paulson Adebo. But those are situations, if you're the Saints, you don't want a healthy, steady diet of it uh, because you don't have Marshawn Lattimore, who's your number one cornerback. So maybe uh, the Saints may play a little bit more zone and hope that they can get to Kyler Murray with that front seven and harass him around a little bit and maybe mitigate some of the effect that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have. You bring up that front seven. Cameron Jordan has always been a monster. And I saw, just looking at some of the numbers, this is three or four straight games now of at least three sacks from this Saints defense. Why have they been so successful at getting after opposing quarterbacks? Well, they've got a really talented front seven. Now, yesterday against Cincinnati, linebackers can combine for the three sacks. So they had to bring a little bit more pressure because they weren't getting it up front the way they wanted to uh, with with the with the linemen. But you send those linebackers, DeMario Davis had a couple and Caden Ellis had one. But the Saints will apply that pressure. If DeMario Davis is the guy who's on the blitz, uh, running backs really have a difficult time keeping him away from the quarterback. He just runs through people. He is a vicious, violent player on defense. But Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, those guys need to supply that pressure. And if you're trying to pressure Kyler Murray, the the 50-50 is, you know, when you pressure him, can you maintain your rush lanes? Because we know how talented he is as a scrambler and as a guy who can get away from you and as a guy who keeps his eyes down the field or he can take off on you. If you lose your discipline, he can hurt you a lot with your legs. The Saints have seen a lot of mobile quarterbacks so far this season. He probably, for my money, is the best of them. Now, Marcus Mariota with Atlanta, pretty good scrambler. But I mean, I don't think he's as fast as Kyler Murray, and I don't think he's, you know, the, the kind of scrambler who can, you know, Kyler Murray can run for 70, 80 yards on you in a game if if it comes to that. And, you know, that's a difficult matchup for the Saints. Both teams two and four here on this Thursday night football matchup. John, appreciate the time and uh, best of luck this season outside of this Thursday. Well, same to you, and uh, both teams need to get off from tonight. Hopefully, uh, ours will be the one. The moment that we've all been waiting for, that I've been waiting for, Suns coverage. We've been waiting for a while uh, for the season to start. Um, So a new um, uh, sport to talk about. And it wasn't pretty, but it was a win nonetheless. 107-105, Suns win. They are undefeated on the season. A revenge game. Uh, if you will, um, but uh, I mean, it, there there really is no no revenge per se. I mean, you lost combined sixty points. 
uh, you know, in game six and game seven to, to these guys, to these Mavericks. And, uh, they went on and you didn't. So, uh, you know, no, no real revenge game, but we can call it that if we want to. Luca, uh, still reminding the Suns, uh, who he was with 35 points, uh, uh, 10 of 23 from the field and a perfect deadline, 13 of 13. Devin Booker, 28 points, um, uh, 50% from the field of 10 of 20, and then perfect at the line, 7 of 7. Luca with 9 rebounds, 9 defensive uh, is what he had. Uh, Mikel Bridges with 11 rebounds, 10 defensive and 3 offensive. Uh, Luca again, 6 assists, 4 turnovers, 37 minutes. Devin Booker, 9 assists. Um, two turnovers and 41 minutes. Um, for the Mavericks, they're starting, uh, five, uh, Finney Smith, 38 minutes, five points, uh, Reggie Bullock, 30 minutes, 10 points, JaVale McGee, uh, 14 minutes and three points, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, 28 minutes 15 points and Luca 37 minutes 35 points uh guys off the bench that uh were notable was Christian Wood and he had 16 um points in, um it all by himself just to kind of start this this run that they had um he was uh, 25 points off the bench 24 minutes 9 of 15 from the field 4 of 7 from deep Eight rebounds and uh, two assists. I, I decided to read all his stats because he was so very, very fantastic. Starters for the Suns, Cam Johnson, 27 minutes, 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep, 3 rebounds, 15 points. Um, Mikel Bridges, 41 minutes, 5 of 10 from the field, 0 of 2 from deep, 11 rebounds, 1 assist, 13 points. DeAndre eight and thirty minutes, eight of eleven from the field, ten rebounds, two assists, eighteen points. Chris Paul, thirty minutes, although it felt like less, um, but that's right around where they kind of want to keep him to kind of keep him fresh all all uh, all season as as well as uh, him not bringing up the ball as often. Uh, one of six from the field, zero of two from deep, uh, three rebounds, nine assists, uh, six points. Booker, 41 minutes, 10 of uh, 20, like I said. Uh, perfect death uh, from deep, 1 of 1. Uh, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, and 20 uh, points. Um, with uh, 4 starters in uh, double figures uh, scoring. And then off the bench, Damian Lee, who had the game-winning shot, who I played at the beginning of, of the show. He was 20 minutes, 4 of 8 from the field. Three of five uh, from deep, two rebounds, two assists, and 11 points. Campaign had seven. Uh, Jock Landell had seven. And then Toy Craig with two. Uh, that's everything scoring for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and the Mavericks, 35 of 75, 46.7%. 14 of uh, 35, 40% on the nose. From deep, um, 21 of 34, 61.8%. Suns, they were 40 of 85, 47.1% from the field. 8 of 22, just uh, in my opinion, terrible. But really, um, since they shot less, 
uh, 36.4%, so only a couple ticks less than um, the Mavericks. 19 of 22, 86.4% from the line. Uh, both teams had 40 rebounds. Uh, Suns had 8 offensive and uh, 32 defensive. Mavericks had 5 offensive and 35 uh, defensive. 25 assists for the uh, Suns, 17 for the Mavs, 6 steals for the Mavs, 4 for the Suns, 5 blocks for um, the Suns, only 4 for the Mavericks, 12 total turnovers from each team, 18 points for the uh, Mavericks, 14 points for the uh, Suns off of turnovers, 9 total fast break, fast break points for both teams, Points of the paint, 56 for the Suns, 36 for the Mavericks, uh, 29 fouls uh, for the Suns, and two, um, uh, 22 fouls for the Mavericks, including two technicals. And uh, largest lead of the game for the Mavericks was 22, which they had at uh, uh, in the third quarter. Um, and then uh, Suns, Five was their largest lead um, in the uh, uh, at the end of the um, fourth quarter. I think is when they had their largest lead. Um, it was close at the beginning, um, eight points uh, at the end of the uh, first quarter, and then um, by uh, the half it was seventeen. Although um, uh, Dallas was able to get it up to uh, twenty-two. Uh, a fantastic third quarter um, for the Suns um, in the first first half. Really, I want to say this though: um, just poor, um, poor defense, poor decision making, rushed shots is what I've noticed when I watched the game back, um, and so that that really led to um, Dallas's um, lead. And they, they played pretty good, if not really good, um, when Luka was off the floor. That So that was kind of concerning, um, you know, defensively for, for the Suns. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was uh, very interesting and, and very, very concerning. Excuse me. Um but uh, a fantastic uh, third quarter, as I said. Fourth quarter, um, it started to slip a little bit for the Suns, and then they would, uh, you know, get the uh, uh, get the win. Of course, at the end, um, this was this game was all Dallas, uh, pretty much the whole game, um, and just a game where Phoenix uh, just stole it, uh, like they did so many times last year. Um, one of the best teams in the league last year in crunch time when, when the, uh, um, you know, uh, lead is, you know, less than five points, uh, difference and less uh, under five minutes remaining. Uh, the Suns are the best in clutch time, uh, scoring and, uh, um, in crunch time minutes. And they, they do it again, um, with the 107, uh, 105, uh, victory. Um, before I go, um, and I was going to, um, you know, no, I'll, I'll still do it. 
Um, before I get into Monty Williams, um, and Devin Booker, and D- Damian Lee, who spoke to the media, uh, just in ca- just for uh, kicks and giggles, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll play a couple of things. Um, one thing from um, Arizona Sports, uh, Kellen Olson, he kind of gives his recap. I want to play that. Um, and then uh, uh, from the Sun's YouTube page, I got everything else uh, as far as uh, sound credits uh, go. Um, but just really quick, um, a kind of another quick breakdown of, you know, of the night uh, for the Suns statistically. Um, here is uh, Damian Lee. Um, he had 11 fourth quarter points, including the game-winning shot in the final seconds to help secure the 22-point comeback and the Suns' victory on opening night. Um, which is the largest comeback? I, I think I saw this on the on the screen since uh, November of 2017. Um, Booker with 28 points, nine assists, uh, 50% uh, from the field. As I said, DeAndre Ayton, 18 points, 10 rebounds, uh, eight of 11 from the field. Mikel Bridges, 13 points, 11 rebounds, 41 minutes. Cam Johnson, 15 points, two blocks, uh, three of six from deep, and Damian Lee. Um, 11 points, three of five from, um, um, from down, uh, downtown, um, Booker coming off a, a, a great, uh, off season, uh, just impressive, uh, with his 50% from the field, um, but uh, anyway, uh, going ahead and get, um, in case you, for whatever reason, skipped it or whatever, had the how it sounded, uh, Al McCoy on the final call one more time uh, for the Phoenix Suns, and then we'll go ahead and play um, uh, play the... Uh, From Arizona Sports, um, play Arizona Sports. Um, gosh, what is his name? I said it earlier, and I'm drawing a blank. Well, anyway, here is Al McCoy from 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. The radio call of the final seconds of the game. One last time. Lee back to Booker. They better hurry for a shot. Give it to Lee. Lee on the drive. Lee's shot is good. Baseline. Had to put it up over Cleveland. Suns lead it by two. Seven seconds remain. Dantich with the basketball for Dallas. Lee defending. Dantich a long three. Won't go. Rebound. And the game is over. And the Suns have won it. Oh, brothers. The Suns have won it. A young reason. Young guy named Damian Lee with some huge hoops. The Suns win it. They beat Dallas 107 to 105. Oh, brother. Good stuff, always as always, uh, from um, from Al McCoy, the Hall of Fame voice of the Suns, Al McCoy. And then um, 
gonna go ahead and play um uh Kellen Olson. There it hit me. Ken Olson's kind of recap before we get into uh the um uh, the sound from Monty Williams. Um so let me get that queued up. Uh doing this uh this is from Facebook, so it's a lot harder um to get it queued up the way I want it to than it is from a website or even YouTube. So here here's Kellen. Hey everyone, it's Kellen Olson here, Suns reporter for Arizona Sports, to recap what was a eventful, eventful season opener. My goodness me. The first half of a Suns win was one that felt like Game 8. That's what people were calling it on Twitter. It felt a lot like Game 7 just in terms of the vibes the Suns appeared to have and then just how ruthless the Mavericks were with just executing and really playing perfect basketball in some ways. And then the second half gets started, and then all of a sudden we see that Suns defense that we've come to know. And something this team has talked about a ton over the last two years is how the transition from good defense to good offense really helps them. You're rarely going to see them get into shootouts really because – their defense gets to their offense, the whole defense offense thing. That's what I'm talking about. So when their defense got going, held them to 19 points in the third quarter, that seemed to wake up the offense a bit. Then we got to the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, the Suns are down 15 again after getting it down to five in the third quarter. Christian Wood scored Dallas's next 16 points, and, and he was just unstoppable, and the Suns were suddenly down 15. We were like, all right, is this it? No. Cam Johnson goes out with cramps. Damian Lee comes in, and Damian Lee stays out there in Cam Johnson's spot, and so does campaign. Chris Paul checks out around the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter usually, and then he'll get about two to three minutes of rest, maybe 90 seconds, maybe a minute, but he will finish the game. That didn't happen because the Suns got hot. Devin Booker's two-man game with DeAndre Ayton right over there on that right wing was cooking uh, all fourth quarter. They had the short roll going off of the traps, and then all of a sudden, Suns were up five, a little bit of a run from Dallas. It comes down to Devin Booker with the ball in his hands to win the game until they forced it out of his hands, and then Damian Lee took a shot right over there. Doesn't get a good shot up. Uh, He's completely contested, has to fall away to even create an angle to get the shot toward the basket. It goes in, Luka Doncic goes for the step back over there about 30 feet out and doesn't get us to go, and the Suns win. There's about 400 other things I could get into in this game, but the bottom line is what the Suns need to do now is realize that for now, that game seven is going to be their legacy. It just is what it is. They've been made fun of all offseason now, but this is how it starts. This is how they rebuild what they've done and rebuild their image. They don't really care about that, honestly, and they shouldn't, but it's something that they're going to have to do to kind of get this monkey off their back, and tonight, even after the first half, was a good start at that. I uh, love that recap uh, from Kellen Olson. I hope to get to that point one day where I can just rattle off all these different things. I tried my best to kind of keep mental notes during the game. I think I said everything that I was going to say. Um, and the only thing I didn't say is what he said about Chris Paul. So I guess that was all right. Um, and obviously he was more in depth. So hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I always enjoy myself uh, hearing from Kellen Olson. So, um, Kellen, from Kellen Olson on the sideline to Kellen Olson a- asking questions. Um, we'll go ahead and move right into the uh, post game uh, media availability. Um, this courtesy of uh, the Suns um, YouTube page is where I got this from. Uh, so uh, here is Monty Williams uh, first with the media. 
No, I was a little bit down 21, and then I, I get up and, and move when I was fresh with those three. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like happened after that? I also made some changes to pain and all out. What do you feel like for that? You know what, man? It, it, it's one of those games um, where you just have to stay with it and live with the results. I, I was just proud of the fact that we didn't give in. I think we were down 17 at half, uh, 22 maybe in the third, and then I think 15 in the fourth after Wood um, hit a few shots. Um, Book was really good in the huddles. Even when we were down 15, He, I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard he got the guys together and told them, like, this is nothing, but we got to stay here. And we've been talking about that all the training camp. Like, how can we deal with the emotional ups and downs of the game? I thought that helped us win the game tonight. We just stayed with it. I mean, obviously, you know, Book has uh, 28. DA was amazing uh, in the second half because he, he wasn't in foul trouble. Uh, he did pick up his fourth, but he was able to stay out of the the foul trouble that he had in the first half, but then Damian comes in and just makes plays. And I thought Mikhail's timely deflections and rebounds offensively really helped us too. But it's just one of those emotional games where you try to stay as steady as you can. Uh, when the waves of you know threes or when Luca's making plays, it, it can deflate you a little bit. I thought our, our guys did a pretty good job of staying with it tonight. What made you go with? Well, that's normally where I take them out anyway. So I usually give them a three-minute break, and then I bring them in to close. Um, that, that's been the rotation for us. But camp came in, we had like a a good rhythm. Um, and I just felt like it was the move to just stay with camp, you know. Um, and Chris was engaged and telling guys, you know, it was almost like he was out there. But it was really his – time to come out. I try to get him out around the seven, six, and give him a, about three minutes rest and then have him come in and close. Cam did such a good job uh, with that group. That group as a whole was pretty good on both ends. And so I just rolled with it. Even the broadcast mentioned that, but uh, you know, now to think about it that, you know, and even Kellen said it, you know, it's typically where, um, CP3 will will get the fourth quarter rest, um, but it was you know a bit unusual that he didn't bring him back in, and it 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 helped. And in you know I mean it's only one game, but maybe it's something that can help in the long run, keeping him fresh. I was talking to um, Heath, and he's like, "Man, this Suns team looks a lot different." Um, uh, Luca's giving them the work, and I'm like, "I'm not even being able to watch it. I'm working." Um, and I uh, said, uh, you know, maybe it's something that the Suns are doing differently offensively. I know there was a couple of things they were going to do. And, and then also resting CP3, he said, um, resting them? Are you kidding me, bro? Uh, it, it's it's the first game. Uh, and and then I, which replied to him saying, I, you know, you know that I'm not talking about game one. I'm talking about as a season, you know, they're trying to, um, basically, you know, prevent uh, wear and tear, you know, bring up the ball at every play is something that uh, brings wear and tear on a, bo uh, on a body throughout, you know, accumulatively. Um, you know, you dribble a lot and you wouldn't think it wouldn't matter, but um, I know you're, you're, you're running 
and then you're also, um, you know, dribbling. You got to pay attention to that. Um, so you're doing so many things. Your body is that uh, could uh, you get tired faster, and, and of course, 37 years old doesn't help you either. And so uh, I know um, the Suns' plan was to you know have Mikael Bridges or, or Cam Johnson, Devin Booker at times uh, bring the ball up. And, and even run the plays, some of the plays, um, you know, in, in place of Chris Paul and uh, to kind of help save his legs, save, you know, save him a little bit, you know, for the season as a whole. Um, and, and I figured that that's what they uh, were doing and why they were down, down. But when I watched it, it wasn't at all. It was just, you know, ugly basketball from the Suns, uh, especially in that second quarter, uh, second half altogether, but second quarter specifically. Um, and then, well, they turned it on in the third. Yeah, he just had a cramp. Um, he was cramping up. No, it was his leg, I think. Um, so I think he's fine. Um, I was grateful for that because I didn't know what it was. And then they told me that he was cramping. I just think guys who've been in those situations, who've been in those environments, um, like he was in in Golden State, like not much phases a guy like that. Um, if it does phase him, he knows how to deal with it. And he's been around guys who've, you know, walked through those situations before. I think that rubs off on you. And, um, you know, his ability to bounce back after he gave up the and one that tied the game to be able to come back and, you know, the willingness to take that shot and let alone make it says a lot about who he is. But I just feel like guys who've been in those environments, who've been in those practices, who, you know, who've been in those those games, they they handle those situations a lot better than guys who haven't. I'm not a pick and roll that broke NBA before running. Is that something yeah. that you wanted to see more of, or did they just figure that out as they were mm-hmm. running together? No, it was just what the game showed us. Um, both teams were – I mean, if you charted how many defenses we changed tonight, I bet both teams were all over the board, from zone to switching to blitzes. I mean, they were doing everything, and we were. And we just <clears> – <throat> You know, we read the game. That's what the game was showing us. They were blitzing book, and we were able to be productive on the backside. Um, I thought a huge play was D.A. getting it in the in his little midi area, and he was converting because um, we told him to stop and make the pass on the backside. I don't think he saw the blitz, so book just threw it, and he caught it and was able to finish. But that was what the game showed us, and we just kind of flowed with that. Uh, defense has a vote too, as as a, I mentioned for football, um, and the same is true for basketball. One thing I really really liked about Da that when I watched the game is that he had a couple of really good uh, uh, seals um, that would lead to uh, a bucket. And what I mean by that is that he uh, sealed the defender, um, you know, on his uh, on his back hip. And so all he has to do is, well, one, catch the ball, you know, because he, I mean, you know, the defenders are behind him or the, well, the main guy that's defending him is behind him on his, on, you know, on his back hip. 
and then all he has to do is go up for the for the hoop and and you know sometimes in the situations you you get a foul but it, it is probably one of the easier plays in basketball if you know da catches the ball and he you know he did a great job catching it and then something that he's you know i hadn't seen a whole lot of or him do well of is uh seal, sealing uh the um the defender out of the play so that way he can go up with a basket uh, it was was great and I, I mean shouldn't be um so excited to talk about something like that um but it is it's improvement for DA and and it was it was really good to see going into the season or into this game that it's not going in those moments with something that might happen because it is pretty impressive. No, I had no, I'm always open minded um, in those situations. And I think, you know, as much as you want to have Chris out there, I know Chris wants to win. Um, but when I took him out, my plan was to get him back in at three. But then the game was going in a good way and Cam was playing well. So I didn't want to take him out. So it wasn't. I didn't think it was that big of a decision, but I guess it is because it's Chris. <laughs> Second time that, uh, that you know, question like that has been asked, and, of course, Monty giving the same answer. Um, and I think it's more credit to, you know, campaign than it is, I guess you can say, to Chris, even though Chris wants to be out there, um, you know, you didn't see Chris pouting, but the fact that Cam was playing really well, and I mean, just a couple of years ago, he was one of the Suns' best bench players. Um, you know, uh, last season, not not so much, um, but um, you know that that first run to the finals um, was you know was great for uh, campaign and. I saw a little bit that that tonight, um, you know, as um, Monty always says, the willingness to take take those shots that you know maybe beforehand he he wouldn't because he missed a lot of them. Well, he he you know um, made some very uh, clutch shots, including a a big three down the stretch. Um, was, was huge and. Uh, I know I was pretty pumped about it. So that get kind of gives uh, Cam uh, should give Cam some um, some confidence when he hears his coach. Hey, it you know I didn't bring Chris in, you know, um, because you were playing so well. I mean that's that's huge, um, and I, I think it should be looked at as such. Is it nice to get Payne's confidence maybe up a little bit after he kind of fell out of playoff rotation at the end? Like, yeah, I think for all everybody. Um, make no mistake, today was an emotional day. I mean, maybe not for them because they went on to the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA, you know, they scheduled them on the first night. So you can imagine the buildup for <laughs> the practices and uh, the amount of information we threw at the guys about this game. Um, and so I think it, for everybody to be able to mentally and emotionally stay with it was huge for us. Morning after the traps for Devin were such a problem for him in the postseason last year. How did you like his ability to make that quick hit to DeAndre and then DeAndre making the play? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that 
um, we work on for sure, but they have to execute it. Um, we'll give them structure, and then a lot of times they'll go out there and talk about the angle of the screen, where he needs to be in the pocket. Uh, it certainly doesn't work if you don't have guys who can make plays on the backside. But DA's become really good in the pocket. Uh, he's under control. Sometimes you'll watch him jump stop and make a pass to the weak side. Sometimes he'll convert. Um, and then it, it it's hard to make those passes. Uh, Book sees double teams almost every single night, so that doesn't make it easy. But I think those two have a bit of a rhythm in that environment. You acknowledge the emotion of the beginning this particular matchup. To win in this fashion, what does that do for your team in terms of cycling? Well, I mean, we, we have a bunch of vets on our team, so I'm sure we'll be able to turn the page, but they should enjoy it. I mean, we got a few hours to enjoy it, and then, you know, tomorrow we'll turn the page and get ready for the next game. But um, I think anytime you you win in the NBA, it's it's cool. But, you know, to beat the team that knocked you out, you know, it doesn't erase that feeling and that hurt, but it does help you grow the next season. So on, the, on the bench, you were talking before about it being a committee. It seemed like tonight you were trying to figure out what was working with Dario? Oh, man, I was. I felt so bad for those guys. I really did. I had Dario in, Josh in and out, Biz in and out. Um, I was all over the place with the rotations. And sometimes that happens because you're, you're just trying to find a combination that will help you gain some momentum. Um, but I also understand what that feels like as a player because I, I was in that situation before. So I felt bad. Um, for those guys because they weren't able to get out there and, and play um, in what players would call a rhythm. But we were just trying to win the game and just searching for any type of combination that would give us some momentum. Yeah. Um, when moving the team, I can't remember the last time you dealt with the team and rebounds. I'll, I'll go to that to see him fighting for a lot of contestants. I mean, his effort and Kevin Young's just persistence that we go to the offensive boards. I mean, he's been driving me nuts with that for two years. And uh, Mikhail, that's right up his alley. I think he and Tori um, are the best at our team outside of DA. DA does it naturally, but it's really cool because he's guarding the top guy every night. And then he's got to slash and cut and, you know, shoot threes. So to expend that kind of energy, Says a lot about his conditioning, but his mental fortitude. That that that's a heavy load. We put a lot on his shoulders, but he carried it tonight. Imani in the back here. What was your concern level at halftime? I mean, we were down seventeen, so I'm sure my cheeks were puckered a little bit. I mean, it's it's not a comfortable situation, you know. But that happens in the NBA. Um, concern about the score, but more concerned with how we were playing. We were making so many mistakes on defense. We had the wrong guys rotating. Uh, Luca was stretching us out. We weren't blitzing him tonight, but it looked like a blitz because we just allowed him to stretch us out, and that made our rotations really long. So that was my concern. My concern was the defense. And then offensively, I just thought we, we just didn't have a rhythm at all. And then in the second half, we I think we had 62 points. So that alleviated some of the concern. But for the most part, if I did have any, it was just the mistakes on defense. 
I love that this team is defense first. I mean, that's one of the five pillars of Monty Williams, you know, play defense. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, you, you like to say that every team is all about defense, but they are not. Uh, in fact, the way the league is kind of gone is, is more offense. You know, they're three-point shooting um, and less mid-range, more three-point shooting, more scoring. Score, 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 score. Um, you know, teams that going to just outscore you um, because they can't defend you. So um, I really like that and that, that, and that, that, that was his concern because – the way this team operates when they're operating at, at a high level and a hundred percent level, it's defense leading to offense and just those magical, you know, runs that, that the Suns can and have gone on or went on last year and the year before last where, you know, they're just, their defense is so locked down, you know, they're the other team is missing bucket after bucket. And then Suns are just pouring it on from deep. You know, the mid range is good. Everything is good because the defense is good. And I love that that was, uh, Monty's main concern at, at the half and defense turned up. Offense turned up and got got pumped up, and and they win win the game. I, I love it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I don't want to speculate about it, but he was typically. I can tell when he he's got to come out. Um, I've done that where you turn it a little bit and it's achy, but you can still play. And then you take your shoe off, like you said, and you just want to get treatment on it right away because it could be stiff the next day. And so I would imagine he's going to have some achiness and stiffness. But he he looked me in the eyes like, Coach, I'm good. And when you see him running up and down the floor, you know, the way that he was, you, you have a, a bit more confidence. What that question was asking it was about um, Devin Booker. He uh, kind of had a he 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 stepped funky um, in uh, on was it defense? I think I know I know which end of the you know what which end of the television it was. It was on the on the right end. So you know, um, but uh, he and I think that's to the Mavericks end of the court, and it was. I can't remember what the play was or whether it was trying to get a rebound or or what, but he's uh, Booker stepped funky and you know twists his ankle and uh, all he did you know he's kind of walked off real quick but um, you know kind of loosened his shoelace and then tightened them up real tight and then then he was good uh, didn't see any limp on it so. Uh, hopefully it's nothing serious, and of course he told coach it was good. So that that's what that was about. So um, what a suck to have something, uh, you know, ankles uh, a decent ankle sprain right off the bat from the first game. I mean, we'll see, you know, how they diagnose it later. I hadn't heard anything about it up to this point, but um, you know, throughout the week is usually when they'll come out with that. So we'll look for that. But I, I don't think it should be anything, and hopefully it doesn't later turn into anything. Um, that would that would kind of suck. I thought you really just see you were saying that you'll play your role, whatever is needed from you. Just tonight, one of those you need to give. That was it for Monty. This is uh, Damian Lee, by the way.
Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, seeing how the game was going, I feel like early in the first quarter, second quarter, obviously we were down big at half, but you know, the guys we especially the second unit, we we felt like we weren't playing up to our end. Um and you know, came out in the second half, really started with the starters. They came out energetic, got stops, were able to run um, rather than fouling, putting them on the free throw line. I think both quarters, they were in the bonus in the first five minutes. So essentially, you're playing against a set defense. So from my role, um, being out there, coaches told me to make sure I was, uh, that I was out there and be aggressive, do what I do. Uh, I passed up a couple of shots early, but um, they started going towards the end. Take me through that last shot and, 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 and the traffic, and then you're trying to find some space and then they're on the floor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, they went to go send a double or well, hit that book. Um, and we knew that that was coming. That was sort of, you know, marinating the whole game. So for us, it was just a matter of what was the best shot. Um, and book passed it to me. Kale, I believe, cut through. Um, I swung it back to book to, you know, make sure that he was going to have the last shot, just understanding and just reading the game. He was, he, he got it going second half, uh, balls in my hands under seven seconds ago, just go make a play. Um, got to my spot. Uh, I think if you'll see on the replay, Dinwiddie kind of like tugs at my arm a little bit as I go to, you know, clutch and shoot it. So kind of got him off a little bit and whatever happened from there happened. I mean, made it, got a win in the left column. So we'll take it. It was a fantastic shot by Damian Lee. Um, uh, go see it. You heard it twice from, uh, um, 98.7 Arizona Sports with uh, Al McCoy on the call. Um, but, uh, it, you know, maybe not quite as the finesse or, you know, tough shot or whatever that you that I saw earlier from Luca just kind of falling away. Um, you know, just uh, there was one Booker had on, on Luca. Just Booker was all up in his grill and, and it just, you know, Luca just got it to go. And that's just the greatness of Luca. Some luck there too. It bounced around and went in, but um, somewhat similar with Damian Lee. It was a fantastic shot, one that you know most probably most everybody would miss. Um, obviously, you know um, Damian Lee felt comfortable and and got it to go. And and what a huge shot it was. You were in the first regular season game for you and- uh, it's huge. I mean, it it really just goes to show the trust that you know Coach uh, Monty has uh, the front office, and you know the rest of the coaching staff has in me. Obviously, it's only one game, um, but even you know if we could rewind the play before I you know forcing Luca you know down to get a two point shot, uh, ended up going vertical, fouled him. Um, we called the timeout and coach just looks at me. He said, Hey, go, go make a play, go make a play. Looked at him and, and, you know, that's what you want. You know, a coach that's always going to instill that confidence in you, no matter what happens, as long as there's time left on the board, you know, going out there, trying to make a positive impact and make a play. Did that mean something to you? You said you passed the ball down in the and he was going to take the last shot, but he threw it right back to you. Yeah. Kind of had the confidence in you to take it. Yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, it, 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 you know, just goes to show the kind of guys that we have on this team. Um, guys that are confident that no matter who's out there on the floor, beginning a game, end a game, um, you know, that he's confident in me to be able to take that big shot and make that big shot. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't want to say I pride myself on, but I'll never, I'll never shy away from is taking those big shots, but, you know, 
I know people are giving me the credit and, and you know, the game winning shot and all that, but this was a total team effort. I mean, if you look, Book, DA, Cam Johnson before he went out, uh, Mikael Bridges starting us off early, like guys were able to, you know, impact the game early enough that gave us enough time in the second half to, you know, spark this comeback. How would you describe the way you guys defended in the second half? Uh, it was night and day. Night and day from the first half to like first half, we, you know, kind of call it, let them get the whole menu, you know, whether we were, you know, blitzing, they were in a short roll, they were, you know, we, we, we weren't locked in on our concepts and schemes and obviously it's game one. So nothing's going to be perfect, but uh, night and day guys, you know, talked in the locker room, came out with the intensity, um, you know, the second, I mean, the third quarter held them to 19 points. That was huge for us. And then going into the fourth, I think we were down again, 15, maybe 17 at some point in the fourth quarter, the guys stayed like this and rallied and rallied, believed in each other, guys from the bench, uh, supporting each other, which was huge. From a team standpoint, what's it like when the rotations are flying around like that? Everyone's getting hand on the ball. You get a couple of stops in a row. What, what does that do for the guys? It's infectious. I mean, guys knowing, I mean, obviously on offense, you know, you say 0. 0.5, you get the ball moving. But really, you know, the main difference from us from the first quarter, I mean, from the first half to the second half was we weren't getting those deflections. We weren't engaging the ball. We weren't getting stopped. So they were able to pick us apart and get whatever they wanted. Second half, we picked that up. We were able to get some stops. Um, and some of those easy shots that they felt early in the game, they you know felt some more pressure, uh, you know, in the second half. Timmy, you, your first game as, as a player here, have you thought about uh, how this might change the way the fans look at you and what, what they might think of you? I mean, what they think is what they think. I'm 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 here for a reason, which is to compete at a high level, uh, be a great support member, whether it's come off the bench, start whatever it is for this team and give it my all. Um, obviously, I've been embraced ever since the day I signed fans, you know, social media and all that stuff. But, you know, I I just try to lock in on the task at hand, which is trying to get as many wins as possible and try to be the last team standard. Speaking of social media, seeing Steph celebration shot. No, like three people have told me about it. But, I mean, I'll see it eventually. Um, but, you know, it's dope, man. I mean, it's, it's, it obviously just goes to the – support that he has, um, you know, support from friends, family across the league. And then obviously the teammates, uh, you know, came in the locker room, everyone was, you know, cheered and supportive, but I'm just happy that we got the win. I mean, I wasn't happy at my plus minus at one point during the game, uh, but I'm happy that we got the win. Um, up next, uh, Devin Booker. Leading up to the game, you were like, you know, it's going to be a revenge game, but it was one game, but it was an angle turn. I was thinking where he's coming out, and I thought he did. It felt like he was landing, like it was more than just a No, it was a revenge game, I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. We have 81 to go, you know, and that's what I said before the game. Um, Obviously, emotions are involved after. That's the team that put us out, like I said, you know, before the game. Um, we never want to lose any team that we play against. So, you know, to come out and, you know, have a rough first half, rough third quarter, really, you know, still down to start the fourth. You know, I think it showed all of us, even the new guys, um, what you're capable of um, when we stick with it. Um, and we we held our hat on that last year. We had a lot of success in, in fourth quarters and coming back late on teams. Um, yeah, and that's what I said.
I mean, it does, I guess like it's another way to ask that is that what you built the last two years, did that kick in tonight from second half? I mean, you can't you can't lose a season in, in one game. Um, like I said, every night, you know, you're, you're down, you're losing, and you don't want to lose. You know, so that's my job as one of the leaders of the team to, you know, take initiative. Um, I think all of us together, you know, in the fourth quarter when we're down 15, you know, the bench got a little, you know, not not looking at each other. And I was like, yo, we, we've been here before. I know we have a few new guys, but we, we've been in this situation before. And, just, just play it out, play it out, compete at a high level. Obviously, you got to tighten some screws when you're when you're down that much, but just play through it. Okay. It's cool. Damien was talking about how with like 15 seconds left, he threw the ball to you, so you would get the last shot, and then you just kind of threw it right back to him. What what gave you confidence in in him to to take that shot, or did it just kind of work out that way? Oh, uh, I mean, I got double teamed, <laughs> <laughs> so I made the right play. You know, we throw out the double. I trust my teammates. I trust everybody out there. It's something that we've scouted, we've schemed. You know, teams are going to throw different defenses at me. And, you know, the quicker I can get off the ball and quicker they can attack it, it's the advantage for our team. Um, you know, so I think that was a, a good play that we can always revert to when, you know, we're looking for schemes when teams are th trying to throw junk defenses at us. Um. I think that's kind of kind of huge growth and not not some something that you know book is starting to grow from but you know he is kind of continuous but you know Monty said it Booker he's going to get a lot of double teams especially in clutch situations a lot of double teams and, and they're you know it you know, the opponent is going to live and die by those double teams, whether it's at Booker or Chris Paul. They can't double them both. I mean, they could, but, you know, they're probably going to, you know, hurt themselves. But, uh, you know, they're going to live and die by it. Where, the, you know, the the thing is, hey, we've got to double team Book. We've got to keep it out of his hands. And if he gets it in his hands, we've got to get it out of his hands. I mean, that's son's best player, of course. Um, but when I say live and die from it, is there, you know, many times doing that, um, they're going to, well, not literally, but um, figuratively die or, in this case, lose the game potentially. And, or, well, this time they, they did, but um, potentially for any other um, experience uh, or any other time, it you know, you could say potential, but, um, and it's a decision they have to live with, you know, do you want book one of the best players to beat you? Or do you want, uh, to, um, someone like Damian Lee, who is still, you know, trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. He was on the Warriors, a championship DNA type team. Um, but someone that, you know, you're not really going to respect per se, I mean, unless he continues time after time after time to um, make those shots. Um, but, um, yeah, you're going to live and die from it. So, I mean, it's a classic answer from Book, but a true answer. Hey, I was double teamed, so I had to send it back. And, you know, uh, it makes sense to uh, shoot it back that way then go all the way back around the court, you know, with time ticking away anyway. Uh, so, 
you know, give Damian Lee the opportunity. And, of course, he made the most of it and, you know, essentially won the game. You know, before the game, um, we never want to lose any team that we play against. So, you know, to come out and, you know, have a rough first half, rough third quarter, really, you know, still down to start the fourth. You know, I think it showed all of us, even the new guys, um, what you're capable of um, when we stick with it. Um, and we we held our hat on that last year. We had a lot of success in, in fourth quarters and coming back late on teams. Um yeah, no, that's what I said. I mean, it does, I guess like, it's another way to ask that. What you built the last two years, did that kick in tonight in the second half? I mean, you can't you can't lose a season in, in one game. Um, like I said, every night, you know, you, you're down, you're losing, and you don't want to lose. You know, so that's my job as one of the leaders of the team to, you know, take initiative. Um, I think all of us together, you know, in the fourth quarter when we're down 15, you know, the bench got a little, you know, not not looking at each other. And I was like, yo, we, we've been here before. I know we have a few new guys, but we, we've been in this situation before and just, just play it out, play it out, compete at a high level. Obviously you got to tighten some screws when you're when you're down that much, but just play through it. How's that? It's cool. Damien was talking about how like 15 seconds like he threw the ball to you so you would get the last shot and then you just kind of threw it right back to him what what gave you confidence and in, in him to, to take that shot or did it just kind of work out that way oh I mean I got double teamed <laughs> <laughs> so I made the right play you know we throw out the double I trust my teammates I trust everybody out there something that we've scouted we schemed you know teams are going to throw different defenses at me and you know, the quicker I can get off the ball and quicker they can attack it, it's the advantage for our team. Um, you know, so I think that was a, a good play that we can always revert to when, you know, we're looking for schemes when teams are th trying to throw joint defenses at us. Over the last few years, you've talked a lot about defense to offense and that fluid sort of transition was a subtlety was nice, but once the defense got going, you get a 100%. Um, you know, I think in the first half, they, one, made a lot of tough shots, and when they're making tough shots, we can't give them any easy ones. 
you know, the step back threes with with the hand in the face, I can live with. But, you know, when our defense gets spread out and they hit the middle and, you know, it's a one more to the corner wide open shot, you know, that's that's what we can't live with. Um, you know, so once we started getting stops, you know, he still took some of those deep shots and we got the ball and we ran. And I think that's when we're at our best. With the way um, since last season ended for him being out of the rotation, I mean, it's all confidence. That's what this game's about. You know, you you go through phases, um, you go through situations. You know, it's not easy for everybody. That's why it's the NBA. Um, you know, it's the the highest level of basketball in the world. Um, you know, so you just have to have the resilience to just keep going, and that's what our team has, and that's what campaign is. You know, we we just have a bunch of fighters, no matter the situation. Talk about schemes and double teams. DeAndre Ayton, it felt like you guys had a good rapport there as far as finding the angles and him making the right pass from there. Just what did you see like that? Oh uh, yeah, it's something that we've talked about in the past. Just you know, being in that short pocket and for you know him to be a dominant post up big, mid range big. You know, I think that's a next step that he can take to his game is playmaking, especially when a lot of attention's on me and Chris and. You know, he's usually around that free throw line, being the first person that you throw to out of the double. And, you know, it's usually three on three on two or four on three on the back side. But were you aware that Chris wasn't out there the last three minutes? Was that weird at all? No, I mean, it wasn't on my mind. Team was team was rolling. When you found that first pass to DeAndre when the trap wasn't just close, I don't know, were you like, oh, we're in business now, we've got this down? Yeah, and I think, you know, he's going to find out you know, that it's going to make his job a lot easier because, you know, he's automatic from that area where you catch it at the free throw line. And if he starts making that jump hook, it's usually going to be the low man that's going to meet him at the free throw line. And like I said, he'll have three on two on the backside. Should be an open three. You had, to, you had a conversation with him at the end of the third quarter. It seemed like after that, either he got it, so he got more locked in. But how big was that just for you to reiterate what you have to do? I mean, it's, you know, it's, you don't play this game by yourself. You know, there's 15 people. You have a coaching staff. You have a front office, and everybody has to be on the same page. Um, I think, you know, we're young teams and rebuilding teams. I think they don't have success because they don't talk as much to each other. And, you know, I've been in those situations. So we always talk about over-communicating, you know, get sick of hearing my voice. But. You know, we have, we have the agreement that we're all on the same page to win, right? Like, we're not telling each other anything, you know, to, to hurt your game. You know, it might sound like that or look like that at some times, but, you know, you just have to understand that we're on the same path, same mission. But outside of him talking about worrying about his plus minus, what do you think about that as a debut game? For <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, but, you know, I, I knew it was coming. Um, he knows how to play the game. He knows how to play the right way. Um, and, you know, big ups to, to Golden State. You know, they have that culture. They have that environment. And, you know, you can see, you know, it's instilled in them. And, you know, that's how they've been so successful as they've been. Nobody wants to – it's a long season, obviously. We always think about playoffs right away. But did you feel the fans and the atmosphere that you guys have here tonight is being like it was last – but in the last season, so this this fan base was rabid to get Dallas House building with the loss. Right. How many games have you been to here? A few. A few? Past three years, it's been rocking, man. Every every game. They don't 
They don't bullshit around here. <laughs> they don't bullshit. All right, tell <laughs> oh goodness well um as i always say you know i i won't uh use language uh, from me personally but uh if it's an interview like that um you know i <laughs> i there there's you know i just kind of let it ride um because well i don't have the uh um, great ability to bleep it out at this point so hope you forgive me for it but uh uh but it, it's true though no i mean um it thankfully it's something that devin booker you know really again since the bubble it, it always goes back to that but since money's been there since the bubble and you know um the sons have created that you know atmosphere for them it it gets loud at footprint i haven't been there but you know you can hear it from the television it gets loud um and uh they don't bullcrap there at uh <laughs> at uh footprint so that's it that's the show today um hope you enjoyed it it's great to have the sons back great to have them back and playing um so i i'm i'm thrilled to death but uh at big sky sports talk at gmail.com can you can always connect me that way and uh facebook and twitter at big sky sports talk um and then if you you know have me personally you can always contact me personally uh that way as well um and uh, i always look forward to it please don't forget to subscribe on uh, google apple um audible amazon uh, you name it, that's where we are. So we always look forward to uh, new listeners. Um, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you can. Uh, engage with us. Uh, I'm trying to get better at that, but uh, engage with us. Uh, that I really would appreciate it. Until next time, uh, which should be tomorrow. Talking Sons after their game. All right, bye-bye.